Hey, Planet Earth, Michael Litton, the last DJ, host of Ride the Vibe, playing what he wants to play, saying what he wants to say, and doing it all from the beautiful studios here in Roswell, Georgia, DRS ATL, owned and operated by Wahid Gomes, the consummate host, executive producer of the show, and sound engineer extraordinaire. And it wouldn't be a ride the vibe without Otis Tillman on the video. Now I know how these fellas do it, man. They've got the guests zooming in. They've got video. They've got audio. They've got all these components going. I just genuflect to their brilliance. I've got the least important job. I just have to show up and have a conversation with these fascinating guests. And I'm just over the moon excited to uh, have Troy Redfern on the show tonight, hailing all the way from Wales over in the U.K. And Pete Fenstra of Blues Matters Magazine says of Troy, he combines the rawness of Hound Dog Taylor, the freeform approach of Sonny, 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 easy for me to say, Shamrock, the firebrand playing of Johnny Winter, and the technique of David Hole mixed with the ghost of Elmore James. Hound Dog Taylor, Sonny Shamrock, Johnny Winter, David Hole, and Elmore James all mixed in together. Welcome, Troy. Hey, man, how you doing? How do you stay humble? <laughs> I think the reviewer has been very kind. <laughs> well, awesome stuff. Just uh, so delighted to have you. And uh, you're five hours in advance over there in the UK, no? Yeah, it's just got midnight. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much for uh, making the time in your schedule and staying up late for the show. And, Troy, for, the, uh, for your fans who are legion, the way we roll ride the vibe is we do an old-fashioned, old-school listening party format. Back in the day when I was in college in Boulder, you know, we'd go to the dorm room or go to someone's house when we were in houses. We'd, you know, play albums, right? And you, you'd put the whole album on, right? Because that's it. And you'd, you, you didn't want to get up and did it done. You'd sit back and, you know, have your favorite beverage and maybe uh, something else and listen to all different kinds of music because one person would bring a country, one would bring the new Joni Mitchell, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. the way I've styled the show. And I encourage listeners to sit back in a comfort of an environment of their choosing, get a beverage of their choice in the studio we're featuring a really cool product that you guys can get in the UK. It's called Drinkmate. It's uh, out of it's a small startup company out of uh, Michigan, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and it will sparkle any of your beverages. So you just put your beverage in this container, put it in this tabletop unit, and you just touch this on the top, and it uh, puts carbonated um, carbonation into your beverage. How cool oh, is that? Great. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just become a raving fan. I used to, uh, you know, a club, club soda and vodka drinker, and I'd buy my club soda in those liter bottles to try to save some money, but then I had to recycle them, and it was just a whole hassle. So this has just been a godsend to me. I can't say enough about the drink make, folks. And I know uh, in, the, in uh, your home studio, you're featuring some coffee, because it's uh, strong yeah, coffee. Yeah, i got to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> you got to stay up late. That's too cool. And so we're going to play uh, as many songs. We've got seven queued up, and we're going to play as many as we can get to. And then we're going to talk about – so the, the thing that's different from my days in college when we were playing the CDs – or the albums, rather – it would have loved to have had the artist there or had the artist piped in to ask questions. But uh, So this is a, just a dream come true yeah, for yeah. me. So, so talk about growing Fantastic. up uh, – you know, growing up um, in the shadow of Herstus uh, Ridge, made famous by uh, Michael Oldfield. Oh, okay. How to say it? Yeah, Hoggett Ridge. Yeah. Hoggett Ridge. Wow. Hoggett. Yeah. Yeah. It was a. Uh, <clears throat> I think he named one of his albums, the album that came after Tubular Bells. I think that was named after that. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was. You know, it's, it's kind of a. It's kind of a, on the Welsh English border. Yeah. So it's kind of. Um, it's pretty remote. It's kind of some mountainous area. Um, just as you're sort of heading into Wales. And uh, it was really quiet. It was kind of, um, you know, I grew up on a farm, so it was kind of pretty isolated. So music was kind of my uh, my escape. Yeah. And, uh, At what age? What age did you, I mean, when did you start to escape to music? Uh, really early. I think I was six um, when I got my first, I think it was a Queen single. It was, um, uh, it was Flash. Yeah. From the, I wanted to go and see the movie. And uh, I remember my parents... 
didn't want to take me to the yeah. cinema. My eldest brother got me the single, and from that moment, I used to listen to both sides of that, and I wore that out. And uh, you were hooked. I got Night of the Opera, and um, yeah. I love that. You know, I absolutely love that album, Night of the Opera. I played that to death, and um, got into the Queen. And uh, as I grew up, I started listening to other sort of things. I remember uh, I had the single. Uh, you remember uh, Rainbow? I surrender. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I remember that one playing that one to death. You know, Richard Black. Oh. A classic, you know. A, classic Richie Blackmore song and uh and then sort of as I grew up um started listening to um things like Jimi Hendrix yeah, and um the Beatles and uh, a friend let me a Sun House LP which had a massive impact yeah and then in the in the 80s um I kind of got into uh, more of the sort of LA rock you know like uh things like Van Halen yeah. and Eric Smith and all that kind of good rock and roll you know good time stuff I love it and uh and my parents were kind of um they sort of like had a, they were a sort of a Christian evangelist oh, sort of wow. family. So I was, I was listening to the sort of Shout at the Devil by Motley Crue and, and buying an album <laughs> and with pentagrams on the front. Going, oh, no, no. <laughs> Get the garlic yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> Get the cross out. So were they musical, yeah, yeah. Troy, or not? Your, your folks? Um, I think my dad had some violin lessons. My dad played a, a tiny bit of guitar, you know. He shocked me sort of when I was in my 20s. Uh, he sort of, took the guitar off me and played a few chords. I'd never seen him play before, but he obviously remembered that from years back. Yeah. But uh, no, not really. You know, um, it wasn't a particularly musical uh, household. My parent, my folks weren't really into, into music. Right. My dad sort of liked country and, um, and that gave me a lifelong hate of country. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry for all you country fans out there. <laughs> listening to, listening, no, but it's a certain type of, there's, there's good country, yeah, you know, to right. my opinion. Right. Uh, this, this is Tammy Wynette and sort yeah. of stuff like that. Been, no offense, Tammy. I think, she, I think she's passed. Now, how about your older brother? Musical or not? My, I've got three brothers. And, uh, okay. the, the eldest one, um, yeah, he bought me, I remember he bought me Queen the Works on cassette. Okay. And um, so he sort of, you know, they, but they weren't musical. My, my middle brother um, sing, you know, has done some singing in bands and stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, huh. And then what about Michael Oldfield? Was he like a, you know, a, a, break, a breakout star and just, you know, sort of the, the guy that made good and, or, you know, did he hang around in the pubs and that sort of thing? Or did he play in the I don't think he was from the area. I think he moved to the, to the area for, for a few years okay. and had a studio up in the, you know, just outside the, the local sort of town. Okay, gotcha. And, um, and, and then recorded there, you know, for a few years yeah. and, um, Obviously, Tubular Bells is like a, you know, a classic. Classic, you know, you know, right, uh, right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so he was there for a while. And, uh, but he made the kind of area, you know, that he's, he's known for that and the, yeah. the town for the work he did there. I love it. Well, your latest release, May of 2020, I believe, is Island. And yeah. I would love to feature, if we can uh, tee it up, John the Revelator. And then uh, we'll come back and we'll take, we're going to uh, take a short break after we play the video. And then we're going to talk about that song and that selection for your album. So if we Fantastic. could, if we could, fellas, let's hear a little John the Revelator. Oh. 
back on Ride the, the Vibe with Troy Redfern out of Wales. That's off Troy's new release, Island. Troy, you don't normally do uh, covers. Talk about the decision to do that cover, um, which was is brilliant. I, I, oh, thank you. I, I, I played um, I played that song for God probably twenty years, maybe. Yeah. Um, and it just resonates. You know, uh, Sun House, um, as far as I'm concerned, is like the grandfather of, of blues. And um, I know you got Charlie Patton before him, and yeah. um, all those other guys. And um, but certain artists just resonate. And, and Sun House, um, for me, more than Robert Johnson, resonates with me personally. I love yeah. Robert Johnson, but there's something about Sun House's playing, his sound on the resonator, and yeah. um, and you know. John the Revelator, so, you know, it just, uh, like I said, it resonates with me. You know, I was brought up with a book of Revelation yeah. when I was a kid, as I, as I mentioned earlier. So there's, there's some of that probably in there, maybe. I don't know. You know. Lots of songs about Judgment Day and Revelation. Yeah. Wow. Now, are your uh, parents still alive? They are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do they think of your musical career? Have they come to accept that you're... Um, yeah, you know, the, the, yeah, they they, um, they 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 like what I do, you know, with the, with the music I'm doing, the, the the blues music, yeah, 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 good, yeah, so it's all good. So, so your father's branched out from his Tammy Wynette country. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> well, we 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 are going to take a short break to support our sponsor, which in this case is DRS ATL, and I want to come back and talk about Emma Mitchell and the work on uh, that video, and, and uh, she's done a couple other work, uh, work with you on the videos. So we'll be right back, y'all. Stay with us. Short break. We're going to play more of Troy Redfern on Ride the Vibe. DRS provides professional audio mixing and mastering services. They also provide other creative services, such as voiceover editing, audio restoration, and audio forensics. They have great customer service, their work is fast and efficient, and their prices are affordable. You can learn more about their creative services by visiting them on the web at drsatl.com. Again, that's drsatl.com. Or call them at 404-590-0779. Again, that's 404-590-0779. DRS, when the right sound matters. You are back on Ride the Vibe. Michael Litton, the last DJ, playing what he wants to play and saying what he wants to say. And in this case, playing the great music of Troy Redfern out of the UK. Troy, so delighted to have you on the show. And that video, as I understand it, was uh, shot by uh, and produced by uh, Emma Mitchell. Is that is that right? And talk if I've got that right, talk a little bit about uh, how that came about and your relationship with Emma and uh, producing that. Uh, Emma's my partner. We, we've... Um... Ah. We've, uh, we've we've done this in in lockdown, so this was kind of like a homemade thing, really. You know, with um, she's sort of done a great job on uh, on yeah. shooting that for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you know, it was just a uh, it was one of those things, you know, um, because of the um, because of the lockdown and uh, social distancing, we yeah. just had to kind of um, get on and, and produce something ourselves. So um, mm. yeah, she did a, she did a fantastic job of uh, of putting that together. Wow! And she's done some others yeah, that yeah. we're going to feature uh, throughout the show. So, and how, uh, how is it for you as a musician to then also dive into the world of video? Does that give you another outlet that's, you know, allows your creative juices to just continue to flow and does it help your music and how's all? Um, well, def yeah, definitely. Um, again, since lockdown, I've done other bits of video before, but um, I've, I've, I've picked up um, a lot more um, since lockdown. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it's necessary it's when you release something, you know, especially using things like social media, people um, need a visual aspect to the music. Um, right. I think if you just put audio up, unfortunately, that's, you know, it'd be, it's prefer preferable to just listen to the music yeah. and not have the visual element. But um, M MTV changed all that. Yeah, yeah. I remember us talking about that when we had a conversation, you know, it, it definitely sort of changed in the 80s, you know, that it became picture music yeah. and... Um, and it's unfortunate, but you know that's the, the horse is out of the barn. I mean, that's just yeah. the way it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. 
So, so you know, it's cool, um, and I enjoy. You know, um, I enjoy editing. Um, I did a little video uh, a couple of weeks ago for my daughter. Um, she did a Chris Whitley cover, and um, you know, a Wild Country. I don't know if you know Chris Whitley. Um, Resonator sort of plays. Yeah, great player, and, uh, and uh, that was good filming that because you know um, I, I was behind the camera, so it was, yeah. it, was, it was good fun to kind of um, to get a take on that. And uh, how uh, how old is she, Troy? Um, she's fourteen now. Wow. Yeah. And my, 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 following sorry. in your footsteps with the music, then. She's she's always been. It's, it's strange, you know. Everyone sort of says about their kids, you know, sort of you know, likes to sort of say, "Oh, my kid's musical." But yeah. when she was probably three years old, she started drumming. Um, I got her a little drum kick. She was too small to hold strings down, and uh, <laughs> and by the time she before she started school, there's some the video on YouTube on my channel. Um, she did a school performance. We played a song, and she played drums, and she was solid. You know, she was, and this is it sounds ridiculous, but she she you know, and she carried on until she was eleven. And we did a blues festival just as a duo, yeah. and um, and that was it. You know, um, she, she that was the last gig. I think she went to school, and uh, her friends kind of weren't into it. You know, they they I think she got teased for for being into music, which is bizarre. But um, and and so she stopped, and yeah, it gets strange. And yeah, um, very, but she's but she's since then she sort of played guitar and started writing, yeah, and 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 singing. So you know. It's a good progression, you know, from the drums. You know, it's you know, it's great playing drums, but it's a it's a lot easier for me if I don't have to drive the drum kit around. Yeah. How? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. The poor drummer. <laughs> they got to schlep all that stuff around. Yeah. So, how uh, cool is that as a father to have? And you guys enjoy playing, and she enjoys uh, blues as as well. It sounds like. Yeah, she, she's listened to you know when she was growing up, um, she was listening to all sorts of. Uh, when she was very young, she used to listen to um, Frank Zappa tunes and yeah. she would memorize Tommy Mars's keyboard solos and sing along with them, which, you know, they're improvised solos. And yeah. so she's always, you know, been very um, quick to, to um, take up melody. And, uh, and my son, Logan, plays um, guitar. I've been teaching him slide guitar. And, and last year's festivals, I, I, I was playing um, some of the major festivals in the UK yeah. and I took him to a couple of those, the local ones, you know, the ones who were within an hour's distance from where I live. Yeah. And uh, he got up and played with me. And uh, How old is he, yeah, Troy? He's uh, 10. He was nine then. Uh, oh, my God. But I just done, it was just on one song. But like yeah. the, the way I see it, you know, once something's done, everything's a memory, you know. Yeah. And, and oh, yeah. I just wanted him to have that memory yeah. when he's when he's grown up to remember playing, you know. And they were really good crowds, you know. And uh, Oh, I bet they loved it. You know, who, they did. what's not to love? He had a great response. And... Um, It'd be really difficult for him to go back to you know uh, doing small gigs because he had great. <laughs> you introduced him to some, so he's going to clubs. Forget that too. A couple of people forget that. Yeah, you spoiled him right out of the gate. Well, that's what fathers are supposed to do with their kids. That's cool. So you know, yeah. it's interesting to me because so you you describe you with uh, you know getting a passion for it at a young age, six, and then that DNA is just passed down, and it's it's just very uh, it's interesting to me. It's great, you know. Whether they carry on with it, I mean, it doesn't. You know, it's up to them. It's right, complete. right, right. But but it's just the way I see it. You know, in in twenty thirty years time when they're grown up, it, those kind of things are good memories to have. I think absolutely. You know, and well, the, and that. shared memories collectively with you, which is so yeah. cool. Well, I think uh, yeah. you know we're kind of talking in a little bit of a spiritual vein with the the whole uh, DNA and the parenting and this and that. I think we need to queue up if we could, fellas. Call to Prayer, which is another track off of Troy's debut, or not uh, debut, excuse me, uh, recent release, Island. So let's uh, cue up that video, Call to Prayer.
case with me. I have a large lava lamp <laughs> in my living room. So, <laughs> so how how did that video come uh, come about? Uh, same, uh, you know, doing it all on lockdown. Eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, if I had the budget, I would have done something. You know, because it's very Eastern sounding, yeah. and um, so I just wanted a visual sort of element. And um, I've always loved that kind of flow yeah. art, that kind of that kind of look of that stuff. Um, yeah. So yeah, I managed to, um, to to gather up some some of that uh, footage and uh, and just thought I'd do something like that. So it's a visual, but yeah. it's not not an actual performance video. You know, I could I could have done a performance <laughs> video, but I've done two of those. Yeah. And um, I just thought it was more interesting. You know, um, it was something to sort of to, to watch. And, and those yeah. things you can watch several times. You know, you don't get bored. No, because it's so, dynamic. It looks like it's all. It, it seems like it's always changing. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> And it, har yeah. it harkens a little bit to uh, the iTunes, you know, when you can put the iTunes in that mode where stuff is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that that, that stuff was like ink on water. I think it's, um, or, sorry, on milk. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's, so it has that kind of flowy sort of feel about it. And then uh, just it. edited the uh, cuts for the, um, you know, rhythmically for the, for the beats and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so this, so lockdown is kind of, it's sort of a, the mother of invention, right? You know, necessity. And basically you've, through the course of this, expanded into areas that maybe you wouldn't have uh, done before. Am I picking that up? Which is so cool. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Um, the plan, I just recorded um, an album at the Rockfield Studios, which is um, a studio probably an hour and a half from here, but, and, you know, Queen recorded Night of the Opera there, Black yeah. Sabbath recorded there, and all those guys. Yeah. And um, I'd invested um, money in getting the, the best musicians I could find in the UK. I got a drummer called Darby Todd, who works with um, you know The Darkness and Robin Ford and all those guys, and um, mm -hmm. Dave Marks on bass, and an incredible rhythm section. And I, I, you know, I put a lot of money into into the into the album, and I felt like I needed to tour that album. Yeah. Uh, so when lockdown happened, I thought, right, well, I'm going to put that on pause. And uh, before I finish it, and then that's when I recorded. Uh, Go in this direction, uh, yeah. Yeah, and and I felt with Ireland, I, I wanted to just be creative and and not kind of worry about sort of it has to be a blues rock song or it has to be this type yeah. of song and kind of go where it went. And that's why things like the track you just played, you know, the, the, the blinkers were off, you know. Yeah. Uh, I love and, it. and I thought that was good. You know, and, and weirdly, you know. Um, a lot of rock stations over here have, have picked up on that stuff, which I thought it was more acoustic based and I didn't think they would do, but it's strange how, uh, you know, different stations have picked up on it really. Interesting. Um, well, I want to take a, sh a short break to support a sponsor that's near and dear to my heart foundation for premature infants. And then uh, because of the generosity of the foundation for premature infants and in sponsoring the show, we're going to roll uh, the rest of the half hour. The first is flown by, but we're going to roll the second half uh, commercial free. And I want to come back, Troy, uh, from the break and talk about your thoughts on singles versus albums. We kind of touched on that. And then uh, I also want to talk about uh, Frank Zappa. So we'll, yeah. we'll be right back after a, a short break. That may be a two-hour talk right there. <laughs> Stay with us, y'all. We're going to be right back. The number of premature infants born in the United States each year, 380,000. That's 9.8% of the total births in the U.S. The Foundation for Premature Infants' mission is to advocate for the right of all premature infants to be cared for in a developmentally supportive and age-appropriate manner. Our vision is to ensure that Premature Infants' Bill of Rights is the standard of care for all babies born prematurely 24 hours per day, 365 days per year on all shifts in every neonatal intensive care unit throughout the world. Please consider making a donation by visiting us on Facebook, Foundation for Premature Infants, or at our website, foundationforprematureinfants.org. And I have to have to give a huge shout out to all the uh, folks that have been so generous, primarily through Facebook, to make donations to the Foundation for Premature Infants in lieu of uh, perhaps birthday gifts or whatever they suggest that people donate to the Foundation. And then we take that money and turn around and give it to the brilliant clinicians that are caring for these little people that have no voice. Uh, so it's a win-win. So at any rate, Troy, um, we're back and I wanted to touch on... Um, your thoughts, you know, you produced this album, Island. Did you, uh, were you mindful of 
the album structure? Were you thinking of it as singles? How as an artist do you look at the world now that's shifted so much? Um, I was thinking about this as a full album, uh, you know, as a product, um, because, you know, during a live stream, we've lost the, the income from, from gigs, you know, yeah. playing live. Um, so I felt like I wanted to make a physical product that people could buy, um, you know, instead of the live streaming thing. I did some of that and I've done, you know, a few of those shows, but I felt yeah. like it was, I'd rather offer a physical product for someone to buy, you know, that, yeah. that, that, that was the aim. I love it. Um, and, uh, you know, I wasn't putting a big sort of PR campaign behind it. It was going to be, sort of, you know, like a, a small, lower level kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I was really pleased with the way it turned out, considering that I took about three weeks, three weeks or four weeks to do. And um, Wow. You know, it was great. And it, I read on, uh, for one of the songs, I think it's the next one we're going to play, Hallowed Ground, that you did all the instruments. Did you do all the instruments on the entire album or just that song? I wasn't quite clear. Um, yeah, on everything. I, I played on the, everything there. Um, so you do have some, I mean, something in common with um, Mike Oldfield, who was was famous for you know, his, his prowess on all the instruments that he played on his, his albums. Well, it's kind of been a necessity, really, because um, you know everything I've recorded up until this Rockfield album uh, has been recorded by myself. You know, I've done everything on all of them, and wow. I've just because it's just easier. Um, you know, sometimes if you, I've been, in, you know, had situations where I've gone into a studio and you get a product that you're not happy with, and, and uh, you know, it takes a lot longer um, in your home studio, but you can you can spend time detailing it and getting it, you know, kind of sculpting it to how you want. You know, yeah, with, within reason. You know. When I went to Rockfield, you know, they got such good desks and such good mics. Yeah. This whole world, but um, <laughs> so you have a home studio. You're yeah, yeah. you're in currently or, or close to currently. It's, I'm not in, I'm not in it now, but yeah, yeah, I have one here. Yeah, um, nice. Well, it was at my you know it was at my uh, other my my place. I'm at my girlfriend's place at the minute actually, yeah. and uh, so I brought everything here during lockdown uh, and uh, hauled it all over and, and set it all up here. And, it. Uh, Very cool. Yeah. Well, let's hear. Uh, hallowed ground off of uh, island again and we're going to feature this video and then we're going to come back and i want to uh, i want to have a, a little chat about uh, frank zappa who i know you are a big big fan of yeah yeah song talk about uh that's another video that you did with emma i believe yeah and where is that that where where you filmed and what what is your where is your hallowed ground um that was actually filmed um 
at my place, which is probably 15 miles from here, and uh, that's right on the Welsh border, and um, and it's uh, it's in the woods just behind my house. And where uh, where you grew up, your your family's home, or your where you where, where, I, where I lived. I've lived for 20 years, and um, where my kids grew up, and yeah. Um, yeah. and yeah. It, that place is a very special place, you know, to me, and uh, yeah. it's a lovely, you know, gorgeous area. And uh, yeah, it looks beautiful. Yeah, and um, that was a tricky video because uh, I wanted to do a slow motion video, so I had to um, double speed the track and then mime the track at double speed and then slow everything back down. So I'm still in sync with the track, but you know, my motion, you know, so so I'm looking like I'm playing at the right speed, but really it's half speed. Um, so that was a, that was a bit of a tricky one to sort of uh, uh -huh. to do, but uh, but got your creative juices. Just wanted, I wanted something again flowing and kind of um, you know something. That, yeah, 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 definitely. I love it. Uh, so it was, you know, I, I love that track on the album. That's probably my favorite one. Yeah. And, um, um, I like that. I like the sound of the resonator and uh, yeah. uh, and it's, you know, I'm usually doing sort of like more rock kind of like uh, blues rock and. Um, it's just nice to have something with a bit of air in the production, so you can, you know, it's it's less kind of intense. And uh, you know, because when I play live, it's all about sort of intensity and energy. Yeah. <laughs> I um, can see that from the pics you sent us. <laughs> yeah, so that's the, when I go out. When I go out and play live, I just I love that kind of. I love energy. I yeah. just love that kind of. You know, well, we've got a couple. Uh, we've just, got a couple um, videos teed up of so you it, playing live, so we're gonna we're gonna see that. Let the uh, audience see that as well here shortly. Well, so that is your hallowed ground, where uh, where you've lived for twenty years. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, you know it's a, it's a special place. That uh, so talk about your writing process and the, how how it comes to you. Is it does it flow? Is it you, do you just set aside a certain time? And what's your creative process, Troy? Um, the way with all of my stuff, I, I don't sit and with. A, pen and paper, you know, I kind of ha I, I have a guitar um, and, and and play because um, I use a lot of different tunings. Um, it, it's purposely difficult to play things that you know. If you're in standard tuning, you go to things that you already know, you know, you automatically fingers just go there. So I use open tunings, which, which make you discover things that you haven't played really. You know, yeah. it, it really does kind of... Um, force you to sort of play by ear again and um and the way i would do that I would, you know i would come up with guitar parts i would i would improvise vocal melodies and then from those vocal melodies i would then put lyrics into those and that's that's pretty much the process i've used you know i've, I've always done so, so layer it like that the guitar the melody and then the the lyrics after that yeah but i try and keep it you know i want, I want it to be not inspired i think that sounds a bit pretentious but kind of you know as, as natural as possible so yeah. it's, i'm not really um, a process guy i just want it to sort of like what happens happens and then yeah. capture that and then work back with you know and chip yeah. away until there's a finished product now um, did you were you at your hallowed ground at your house when you when that came to that song came to you or is it did you have that no. in mind or not no, no, no. You know, it's, it's kind of after the thought, after the after it's finished. It's, it's a case of standing back. It's you know, it's like sort of doing a painting, an abstract painting maybe, yeah. and then and then standing back after, and yeah. then sort of uh, and then seeing what it is, and um, and that's, that's pretty much with everything I do. It's, it's yeah. kind of like that. I don't know what it is until it's done. Yeah. You know, I, I don't kind of have a plan. I don't think right. Okay, I'm going to do this like a southern rock tune and sort of you know, yeah, and purposefully write a southern rock tune. It's kind of I play something and then what does it sound like? You know. And then how that's do you stuff. fit them into the album? Do you have to, you know, sacrifice some of your darlings, some, you know, that you like and go, nah, there's not room on the album for that or it doesn't fit or how do you, what's the process of that, putting that together? I think it was about 20 songs that were ideas and um, and some worked and some didn't. As you start, as I start sort of like uh, uh, chipping away at them, you, you realize, okay, that one's not yeah. going to work and it yeah. doesn't sound right. Um so you but put luckily, it aside, may work later. Yeah, 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 yeah. But luck, luckily, that um, they seem to they seem to flow. You know, they they're kind of very different sort of ideas on that. But um, yeah. again, to me, you know, when you have albums like sort of like you know, like Night of the Opera, for example, let's, we spoke about that earlier. Yeah. If you listen to each of those tracks, they're completely different, and and I kind of like that. I like that variant, you know. But so you're not having just you know, the, the big guitar, big guitar, big guitar yeah. over and over. 
so there's something different. So there's a sort of like an ebb and flow, you know. I've got to believe as an artist, as a creative as you are, that that would, it would be kind of stifling. And, and do you, so you have the freedom given that you, it sounds like you're producing a lot of and doing your, so you don't have the pressure from the, the suits to, you know, stay no, no. in a particular genre. And... No, it's a, it's a dangerous thing, you know, because I'm building, you know, I'm working on my career, you know, and, and um, so, to, so to branch out and do things like uh, call, to, call to prayer and things like that, it's yeah. a bit sort of, it's a bit out there really. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's so it's a risk, but it's, it's, it seems to turn out okay. You know, people accept it and people like you know seem yeah. to like that, especially that one for some reason. You know that that. Um, so I'm glad. You know, so that and that it's in itself has given me a bit more freedom. Reinforcing that, and yeah. maybe picking up new folks that you you wouldn't have gotten that you know if you were doing a certain traditional Definitely. pigeonhole. Definitely, yeah. You know, I, I love Steve Ray Vaughan, but you know, I really wouldn't want to regurgitate a Steve Ray Vaughan album badly. You know, because yeah. you see, do you know what I mean? There's so many, yeah. th- so many players that you know that that do that, and it's great. But you know, music in my mind has always been art. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and art should be something that's that has some stamp of your personal personality. Yeah. And, you know, something in it that's you. And I think the sort of the blues guys like Freddie King and Albert Collins, those guys had unique stamps. Even though they were playing blues, there was very there was some some uh, element of their personality or something that was you know, unique. And um, I think that you know that's that's what you want as an artist. You yeah. want you want that you, you want it, you want it to be expression. A full palette, not just limited to one color. You want the big box yeah. of crayons, not the three box. Which I, which I always got as a kid because my mom was parsimonious. <laughs> hey, I want to shift gears slightly off of um, Island and go to uh, your 2020, also a 2020 release, I, I believe, uh, called Raging Heart. And in this case, we're going to play uh, Tonight, the song Tonight. And uh, Otis has put together a slide montage to go with the song, uh, thanks to all the, the, the brilliant pictures you sent. So we'll see some of that energy. And then uh, we're gonna we're gonna queue up uh, down the road here in the show. We're gonna queue up a video you uh, a couple videos you playing live. So let's hear a little tonight off of the raging this raging heart this raging heart. We'll be right back, y'all. Stay with us. notice that we are not playing these songs in their entirety first of all we wouldn't have any time to chat but most importantly we want you to go out and buy troy's music because as he mentioned earlier in the show and i think you all can appreciate musicians aren't gigging and uh, troy and i talked about it in the run-up to the show 
they, they make pennies, uh, you know, when you all download from Napster and Spotify, etc. Uh, so it takes a lot of downloads to make a living. You know, most of the money comes from gigging, and the gigging's dried up temporarily. So go out and buy some of his music, will you? Buy a lot of it. Troy, where, where can they find it? The usual spots, and then what's your uh, web address? Yeah, um, if you go to uh, www.troyredfern.com, yeah. you can get physical copies there, and I can send those out to the States if you're ordering from over there, or... Um, you go to Bandcamp, and I've got my back catalogue of um, rare sort of deep cuts and stuff over there. I love it. So, uh, so yeah, Bandcamp's another good one if you want to just download sort of things. And, uh, cool. and uh, if you want to do that, do it on Friday because Bandcamp are waiving their fees. Oh, nice. Okay, love that. So you can yeah. save some money. So, God, I mean, you know, you're, we're, we're all hanging out, so more time to listen to music and do your own uh, listening party in your own house. And I, I don't... I, Troy, you maybe heard the expression. I think I'm getting this right. Seven degrees of of uh, separation from Kevin Bacon. You, you know, yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. sure. I, I think it's that you know everybody. I don't know something about everybody's connected to Kevin Bacon somehow. I'm, I'm not sure how that all came about, but um, I believe that knowing Lucy Pillar puts me three degrees of separation, maybe less, three degrees of separation away from, away from knowing every musician on the planet. Because the woman is a one, she's yeah, just a dynamo. So just a, a shout out to yeah, Lucy yeah. and talk about just briefly, uh, yeah, you know, you, your relationship to uh, Lucy and, how, and the connection there. Well, I've only recently met Lucy, and um, she's, she's been absolutely uh, fabulous. For, yeah. um, met her really when she came out, over and, to the um, UK, Troy? No, you know, online. Oh, online. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, she's she's helped me. She set up the um, the uh, international uh, fan club online on Facebook, and um, no, she's she's been really supportive. So um, massive thanks to Lucy. Yeah. So this song tonight, uh, off this raging heart, also a 2020 release. If I'm if I've got that right. So I mean, yeah. did that. So you did that before Island. I'm a mat. I'm I believe. Yeah. And how, I mean, so you got yeah, to yeah, yeah. talk talk a little bit about that. And I love that track. Talk about that track, if you would. Um, what happened with that was um, I got offered a UK tour, a six-week UK tour um, um, with a band called William the Bandits okay. uh, through, a, through a great agency uh, called Midnight Mango. And um, I, I, my last album was probably two years ago, before then, you know. Um, and I wanted something to take on the road with me to, um, you know, to sell as merch. Yeah. And um, because, like I said, I record on my own stuff. I, I've got sort of um, probably three albums put by, you know, the, you know sort of on the shelf, uh, ready to go. So when I found out I had that tour, um, I picked the songs and, and put that album out, you know, purely for that tour. Wow. Um, so that's why it came out. So, you know, again, that one was, was something I, I wasn't planning to put out, um, but I just I felt like I needed something new to take on the road. Sure. Yeah, because merch, man, that's where a lot of the dough's made. Yeah, <laughs> got to yeah. buy that merch, and, um, man, and, folks. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, um, and it was good. Unfortunately, three weeks into the tour, we got stopped because of the COVID. You know, that was you know, so so it was sod's law that. Um, that, you know that happened, but the, the tour's rescheduled for next year. So hopefully, if, if things settle down, you know we'll, we'll be back. God willing. Wow. But well, yeah. this time is just flying by, and I'd be remiss if I didn't get a, a couple videos in showing that energy we've been talking about. So I want to queue up if we could. Uh, Home on Judgment Day, and as I understand it, uh, Troy, this is off a uh, twenty. So we're working back in your discology. This is off a of twenty eighteen Mahogany Drift. And you were playing with, um, it was RHR, and uh, those were, and I won't let you talk about the fellas that were playing on that with you after we show, uh, show this video a little bit of that incredible energy you've got on stage with great music. Let's, uh, let's cue that up if we could, uh, Otis.
Class in Southern Blues Rock, My Global Mind, one of the best albums of the year, Two Fingers Media. Talk about that uh, song and your work with RHR. Um, I think it came about, um, I did a few gigs with those guys, with uh, Jack Hutchinson and Mike Ross. Yeah. And um, I think it was Mike that came up with an idea that, um, that maybe we should do a you know, a joint album because we're all in the same sort of scene on the on the blues rock scene over in the UK. Yeah. Um, so we we each wrote three songs um, and submitted them, and um, the other guys sort of put their little bits on, and we went in the studio, and I think we did it in a couple of days. I think we uh, we sort of hammered those out, and um, I was really pleased with the with the results, and you know, got some great reviews. Classic Rock reviewed it, the magazine over here, yeah. and. Um, yeah, you know, it turned out it turned out better than I thought. You know, it was one of those things. It was it was just a little sort of side project, but it, it turned into a into a great album. We got some um, some good uh, festival slots with that band. And uh, well, one of the uh, best albums of the year is pretty high praise. <laughs> it was it was good. Yeah, it was really good. You know, um, it was one of those things. If I'd known the amount of PR that it was going to get, I probably would have spent longer writing. It was, you know, it's one of those things. You know, someone said, "Right, get three songs." I left it to the last minute, and and you sort of. <laughs> work under pressure put them out but you know it, i think it's one of those things you know you just uh you know um once those songs are done they're done you know uh, yeah. but i like that one that's my that's my favorite one that i can and you and you that was one of your three yeah 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 so the time is just flying by and we're gonna we're gonna do one more uh one more of your videos showing you performing live with that high energy but i've teased it up a, a bit uh, earlier in the show frank zappa talk about frank oh, yeah. Frank's God to me, you know. <laughs> um, I've just, you know, I've, I've, I've loved that guy since I was about fifteen. And um, what, what is it about? I mean, he he was so diverse. He played, you know. I mean, a lot of the similarities that we've talked about during the show with you, um, never pigeonholed, totally unique. I mean, is that did that resonate with you at fifteen or all of that? Yeah, it's just his his outlook, his view on society, his view on life, just just everything. You know, he's you know, he's got everything from blues to sort of like avant garde and classical and great guitar solos. You know, to me, some of the best, most uh, inspired guitar playing. You know, yeah. um, and so underrated. I mean, people, you know, you, you don't necessarily when you're yeah. thinking of Hendrix or Clapton or you know, you, you don't have yeah. Zappa up there on that list typically. Well, I, I have a number, you know, sort of like, well, you know, you know he's, he's up there, he's up there. But people like Alice Cooper, I've seen Alice Cooper interviews, and Alice sort of definitely holds him in massive high regard. Yeah. He talks about his guitar playing especially. And so there are, the folks do know, you know, that, but the, the mainstream, you know, um, doesn't necessarily know. Well, I said in no, the run up, no, but, I said in the run up to the show, you have a bit of a Frank have a look, but I'm I'm re uh, and I don't know, you've probably been told this a lot of times. The Johnny, Johnny Depp thing is also there, I, I think. That's the swear word these days, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm so, I'm so out of touch. <laughs> but at any rate, so Zappa, so this is one of my favorites because, you know, he was one that uh, listened to in college. You know, people would bring the album. And, and this is one of my favorite lines. Don't go, baby. Don't put me on the street. You threw my best sharkskin suit out into the lawn, right into the top of some dog waste. <laughs> 
Oh, I love that office greasy, yeah. greasy love. <laughs> the song was uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. later that night, <laughs> but that has re right. resonated with me that line for all these years. And and I, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, as David Crosby said, if you, you remember the seventies, you didn't, you didn't live through it. So <laughs> I'm amazed that I remember that line, but <laughs> it's, it tells yeah, you how yeah. powerful it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he kind of referenced a lot of the fifties sort of do up and the kind of like the mythology yeah. of the era you know when, when um, he did his uh reuben and the jets that that whole yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. well and dynamo yeah. hum i mean i i i can't get enough of that dynamo hum <laughs> no, over, overnight sensation yeah. to me has some of the best guitar solos you know montana's guitar solo that is so good oh, you know and that's using just a, a pig nose amp and uh you know um this the the yeah, sg with the built-in sort of yeah. um uh what was it called like a booster pedal and um you know some of those solos are just you know, to me, yeah, this world. Awesome. Right yeah. <laughs> so yeah, when you go out and buy Troy's music, do yourself a favor. And if you don't know Frank Zappa, what would you suggest, Troy? Which uh, which album? Because he had so I mean, he's got so many. His discology is like huge. Which one would you? I would say <clears throat> Overnight Sensation, I think, is a good starting point. I, I started with Weasels from My Flesh. Flesh yeah. <laughs> which, which is avant garde, you know, kind of, yeah. I don't know what you know, it's, it's avant garde. And, yeah. and then the other one, the next one was. Broadway the hard way which was his last one of his last ones which is all the political sort of stuff yeah so, um but I love them all you know I, I just um it's a whole universe of music and uh, I could I could spend my life just listening to nothing but that really uh, yeah and we and it, it's sort of a dichotomy because people would look at him and think oh well, that guy's got to be on massive medication you know he's heavily drugged but not a non-drug no. uh, drug user back in the day no, well, I, think, I think it probably you know when you had the studio in Cucamonga um before you know he had the mothers um he was busted and spent time in prison uh, for making a, a tape for um i think the police did an undercover job on him yeah. and um, asked him if he'd make a bachelor uh, video and he agreed to make an audio recording of simulated sex and <laughs> and gave it to um to it was an undercover policeman yeah. and uh, and and ended up spending time in uh, in, in jail for that so i think he was probably quite paranoid because of his image and living where he was living, and the CIA were all around, you know, uh, undercover around, yeah. you know, that. Because they were the trying time. to trying to rat out the musicians back then. Yeah, yeah. So, so he was very astute sort of guy. So he knew that he would be a target for any of that kind of stuff. So, you know, you, you, and he was interested in music, you know. So I'm sure that. Uh, Purist, yeah. Well, well, but I think his musicians probably sort of you know were uh, yeah. a bit way. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that tape was the birth of Dynamo Hum. <laughs> That's exactly that's my, my take on it, I, might, I might be wrong but it's, it's, it seems to me like you know once he sort of uh, made it he could do whatever he wanted to do and then right. just like a two fingers up, two fingers up to the authorities saying i can do what i can do what i want <laughs> i love that oh man well back to you troy uh enough about frank uh, god rest his soul but i want to i want to end the show that's just blown by and you've been so gracious to stay up at now one o'clock in the uk i want to i want to uh, end with the line which is off the Dirt Blues uh, Ritual um, 2017 release, if I have that right. Yeah. yeah and this yeah, yeah. Uh, video was filmed by Daniel Holmes and uh, Nathan Emery. So we'll, uh, we'll play a little yeah. bit of this, again, because we want you all to go out and buy his music and, and then get that. I want to give a shout out to Daniel Holmes. He's, uh, oh, good. he's such a good, good guy, so I'll shout out to Dan. Yeah. Perfect. Well, we're going we're gonna to queue up uh, the line. It's a video, and then we're going to be right back and get uh, Troy's parting comments.
saying what he wants to say and in this case playing the great music of Troy Redburn out of the UK Wales and I have to give a shout out to my sister Susan uh, Riley Litton for this brilliant logo that I love so much if you're interested in all uh, sorts of logos and coolies and pro, you know promo stuff uh, check out Rain Dance Media Solutions. Troy, it's just been a gas having you on the show. And again, appreciate so much you staying up late. Um, parting thoughts, uh, I, you know, uh, things you want to wrap up with, words of wisdom, you know, future gigs that you're hoping to do, whatever it might be. The floor is yours, sir. Well, you know, hopefully um, gigs are back on, you know, we've got a lineup for three weeks in March. So fingers crossed for that. Yeah. Um, and if folks want to keep up to date with what I'm doing, you know, um, Facebook's probably the most up-to-date one. There's my website, which I mentioned before, yeah. Com. Yeah. And um, I'll be putting sort of stuff up about the, um, the production of the next album. I've just started uh, working on uh, guitar tracks for that. All the, all the rhythm sections are done and the guides are done. So mm-hmm. I'm just uh, going to start layering. So I'll, I'll, I'll share that process of recording that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's all good. Uh, words of wisdom. I don't know if I can... Well, <laughs> if what, I do you, what do you tell your kids? What, uh, what do you tell your son and daughter? What kind of uh, advice do you give them as it relates to their passion for music and just you know just to follow you know follow their their heart really what they they, they want to do you know I would never pressurize um, yeah. anyone into doing you've got to you've got to follow your own nature really haven't you gotta love um, it. you know that's that's the the, the main thing I think um, and uh, just you know do what make makes you happy yeah. so, uh, amen to that because life is short as we yeah, know that, yeah, all too well. Yeah. Well, guys, it's been a ta- uh, fabulous, and uh, we hope to see you in the States when things uh, come back around. <laughs> no, that's great. Thank, Thank you, you, Troy. Thank you for having me on. We're out of here. Ride the vibe. Michael Litton, the last DJ. It's not too late. Set the record straight. Better get her done, son, because the hour is Better late than never, here's my thanks to every place my song on the radio.